I'm an impatient person. Honestly, I have been since I was a kid. The only thing that slowed me down that I seem to have patience for, oddly enough, was, was fishing. Like I could spend hours and hours waiting for a fish to catch my hook. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that really enjoy fishing. Why? Because it's kind of uh, zen. And it slows them right down. Well, fishermen, you could be uh, left waiting for a long time for something to strike your hook. Because we have got decreasing levels of oxygen in our world's freshwater lakes. And this affects the fish's ability to actually breathe. Could leave them gasping for air and have a whole change on the microcosms in our lakes. Here to talk about it, Mark Matson is a Lake Ontario waterkeeper and president of Swim Drink Fish Canada. Mark, great to have you on again. Thank you, Kelly, and good morning. So uh, fish have to breathe like everybody else, and um, we're having a problem with our lakes because they are getting warmer. Can you talk about how uh, our climate change is affecting the oxygen levels in our lakes and how that affects you know, the ecosystems? Sure. Um, that study that you were referring to that came out, it's, it's really concerning because it talks about change happening in our lifetime over the next 20 to 30 years. And it, it, it really points the finger at, you know, warmer weather, climate, um, which with the warmer weather and the algae or and the sewage and, you know, fertilizer runoff, it creates this nuisance algae. And then the nuisance algae, which we are all seeing in Lake Ontario, again, just this, this uh, spring, um, particularly in the western end of the lake, that eats up more oxygen as well. So, and the clarity of the lake as a result of the, uh, the lakes as a result of the, um, you know, the zebra mussels and other things like that, those invasive species, it's really create, let the sunlight get into the water and it's creating more and more algae and that's eating up the oxygen. And this study um, really just confirms that. Um, it's really quite shocking to think that oxygen levels are dropping by 5% in the shallow waters, but in the deep waters up to 20%. And that's where uh, those fishermen that are into prize sport fishing like to fish. So if you're losing oxygen from that deep water, what happens to the fish that people like to, to fish for? Well, as the study points out, it's, it's, and I don't know if the fishermen are seeing this, but it shows that a lot of the fish are having to come out of the depths and go into the shallow waters in order to survive, um, particularly in the summertime and the warmer waters. Um and that's a big concern, of course, um, because they're obviously deep water um, swimmers and l they live in the deeper water. And they're, you know, whether it's their, um, their food or their habitat, it gets taken over by other endangered species as, along the way. So they're sort of being pushed out of their home. Okay. And if they're pushed out of their home, uh, then obviously there's going to be more competition for whatever nutrients is in that new home. That means we're going to see the ecosystem affected for smaller fish. Yeah, and it's and it's talking about drops in fish habitat because the waters just aren't, um, you know, as as it's projected. And and this these this is a pretty incredible study because it goes back and you know over a decade. And it really shows the changes and projected going forward. It's a real cause for concern in terms of fish populations. Now, maybe in the big Great Lakes, we have enough water. Um, you know, they're huge freshwater resources. But the smaller lakes where you see the impacts very quickly, um, there could be a huge impact uh, on fish populations. You know, if this study, I hope it doesn't prove to be 100% correct. I hope, you know, we're able to keep the sewage out of the water. We're able to control some of the 
the fertilizer, the runoff from our fields, that would really help the situation. And of course, when it comes to climate, which is a longer term project, we really need to think about the next generations um, and how our actions today are going to affect them. So, Mark, let's break this down. There are solutions because we don't want to, you know, be helpless in this situation. I think people put Mm -hmm. their hands up and then go, well, there's nothing I can do. But we do know there is things. There are things that we can do. I mean, when I was a kid, acid rain was a big problem for the Mm -hmm. health of our lakes. And we were worried about dead lakes. We seem to have turned that around. So um, uh, the long term solution is climate change. That's a biggie. The medium term solution is to reduce excess nutrients flowing into lakes, like you said, from mm-hmm. uh, farming, uh, water, you know, wastewater and wastewater treatment uh, practices. We have to make sure that they stay away from our lakes. There are other practices that we can do technology. We can take uh, advantage of that. Like, can't you uh, put some sort of aerating pump into uh, smaller lakes? Yeah, I mean, you can do those small things. They're very local. Um, obviously, they're difficult to sustain over time. But they are, um, they can be, you know, oxygenating, oxygenating water is something that um, we all do. We do it in our aquariums. And um, it's really important to keep the oxygen in the water. You can do that. But, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. You know, our fight is for swimmable, drinkable, fishable water. So, you know, some of the things that are affecting, for example, Swimming and recreational water are the same things that are affecting fisheries and fish and fish habitat, which are also affecting drinking water. So you see how they're all connected. And mm-hmm. I think some of the short term measures we can take when it comes to, you know, like we do with our drinking water, we treat we treat the water from the lake before we drink it. Um, with respect to our fisheries, we have fish consumption guidelines. Oh, well, don't eat that fish or this fish because it ate PCBs or PAHs. And then with 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 swimming, you know, we really just close down so much of so many of our beaches and our water access because we can't deal with the sewage or the stormwater overflow. So there you have it. I mean, if you want swimmable, drinkable, fishable water, we need to take steps to ensure that we have more beaches, more recreational water fish that are edible, that we protect our drinking water and not just treat it all the time. And I think if we were doing all those things, it would underscore the impact of climate, why, we draw, why we're trying to reduce our fossil fuel. I think it would also, in terms of the fisheries, the fishermen and the fish, fishers, not just fishermen, obviously, but fishers, um, we really need them to be part of this environmental movement because it's going to affect what they love, what you, you know, what you talked about. I'm an impatient person, too, and I can wait for hours for a fish as well. The that things we love to do at the lakes, it's going to affect that as well. If we don't um, keep the sewage out, the stormwater, in, improve our infrastructure, build literacy around that, keep the, keep the fertilizer on the fields. Let's not let it run off into the lakes and the rivers that then contaminate and create this algae, which ultimately depletes our oxygen. And let's just, you know, at the end of the day, I think we have to be for certain things as opposed to just against them. So I want, I'm for fishing and yeah. fisheries. And, and I think if we do that, we can all find ways to, um, to help. I know one of the other really great recommendations from this study is to make sure that you don't just clean your entire shoreline. You know, leave some plant life, leave growth there that can hold the rainwater and the stormwater and help clean The native it plant life, too. That's super important. That's right. That's Mark, right. I, I wish I could I, talk all about it, but I know, Kelly, I'm just glad you're bringing it up today. So thanks. You know, I wish I could talk to you for longer, too. It's uh, it's one of those discussions you have to kind of have sitting on the edge of a dock, uh, <laughs> exactly. you know, with a nice icy cold beer. Mark, I appreciate mm-hmm. your time. Uh, have yourself a fantastic afternoon. Thanks so much for you bringing too. light to this. You too, Kelly, and to all your listeners. Thank you very much. Cheers.